Welcome to this special episode from NeoZaz.com. I am Matt here in our Orlando, Florida studio, and in this episode, we're going to take another inside look at one of the great events at Universal Studios Orlando Resort. In this special episode, we are discussing Mardi Gras, and to discuss this great event with me here today is Blake Braswell, show director with Universal Creative Development. Blake, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, man. Sure, anytime. So this is actually the first chance I've gotten to talk to you on the show. So why don't we start off with you giving us kind of the, the quick rundown, broad strokes of what your involvement is with Mardi Gras. Um, so as show director for Mardi Gras, uh, basically I help with the creative development of uh developing the themes then taking like our different partners like our lighting partners our lighting designers our costume designers makeup designers and building everything together to to create what you'll end up seeing out on the street uh as well as developing some of the interactive elements and things that you'll see on the streets in the pre-parade portion uh that happens out earlier in the day okay so actually that leads right into the very first question that i wrote down which is Mardi Gras has been around for quite a while. I'm sure anyone listening is aware of that. I only mention that because it happens to be my very first trip to Universal Studios happened to be on a Mardi Gras night. And I had gone ever since. How do you go about making the event fresh every year, adding something new to it, but yet keeping it familiar, but not repetitive? How do you keep growing the event by making it different each year? But like I just said, not repetitive, not the same. That is the trick with something that becomes tradition and, and Mardi Gras has become tradition. Um, so because you want to honor uh, the reason people love it in the first place. Right. You know, uh, and, and, and keep those core elements that really make the Mardi Gras experience work. Uh, so then for me, it's sort of um, not to use an HHN analogy, but, but the skeleton of it. Right. We keep that tradition of our, our parade moments, uh, uh, the bands that we've got, our musicians out in the street, those kind of things. Um, and then it's, it, I think the, it's sort of the, the, the breathing in between is what kind of helps us bring new life each year to it, which, and that's where things like, uh, finding a specific theme to go after, right. Instead of just doing a, a straight Mardi Gras, but actually a, approaching a, a theme somehow. And we partner with uh, current studios and those guys have been, uh, they're in new Orleans. And since the thirties, I think 1932, actually, they've been making the floats for Mardi Gras. And we had a, actually just had, believe it or not, uh, several of us just got back from New Orleans because we are knee deep in 2019 and 2020 for Mardi Gras stuff. And, <laughs> and it was really cool to talk to them and how they, they said that the tradition of Mardi Gras was with some of the themes that they would do. And we're, we're talking further back. I mean, it still happens today, but um, further back when you don't have mass communication and travel uh, back in the good old days, uh, the Mardi Gras themes and stuff would actually be used to sort of broaden people's horizon, introduce them to new things, right? Um, and so there's a bit of a play in that. So like this year we went with if uh, the celestials or the uh, constellations uh, as, as our theme. Um, and so like taking those kind of things, which are also part of a long actual Mardi Gras tradition, not just Universal's Mardi Gras tradition. And you kind of weave that into the tradition that, that we have going on. I think it's how you keep it fresh. Um, the other big part of that, to be honest, is the people, uh, the, the cast that we have that we bring in every year while we have returners, uh, this year we've got a lot of new people and the different combination of personalities always brings a new level of excitement and stuff, uh, to the streets and to the parade. Uh, and I give full credit to the cast for 
being one of the big reasons beyond visually of why it feels different and fresh each year. Okay, so that the celestial constellation theme you just mentioned, that that actually I'm going to jump a little ahead of my notes here, along with the constellation theme in uh, taking what you said, the broadening the horizons, what kind of inspirations do you look at when planning the event? What was the inspiration to do the celestial constellation theme is the question I think I'm trying to ask, but having a little trouble getting out the words out of my mouth. Uh, I don't worry. That is me all the time. <laughs> so, um, well, it's so a part of it. Um, like I said, there was kind of this tradition of, of, of kind of expanding uh, people's minds to different, you know, concepts or whatever. Um, and so the constellations, we partner, and I can use this year as an example, but as I said, we partner with Kern uh, Studios and they've got uh, a lot of different um, looks and things they've done. As I said, they've been doing this since the 30s. So it gives us an opportunity to go, just kind of meet with them, see things they've done in their past. Um, and and it kind of gives us some springboard uh, ideas to, to, to jump from. Uh, and then we kind of bring things back you know, home to us, we play around with it. We come up with uh, concepts and ideas as how we can sort of theme it. Uh, you know, theming obviously is a very, something that's very important here at Universal. Um, so we sort of bring that to it, put our spin on it, send it back to Kern, who then does some of the final designs and gets it back to us, if that sort of makes sense. So we kind of bounce this back and forth between each other a whole lot. So we get the traditions of Mardi Gras from Kern's point of view, and then the traditions of Universal's, uh, you know, Orlando Resort itself uh, put together in it. Does that make sense? It does, actually. And now you've opened the door to something that I love talking to you guys about when it comes to these events. The constellation theme, the, the first thing that hits me and is probably the most prominent with it is the parade. And you told me about trading back and forth with your partners. What is the workflow, the, the process from what you have as an idea for one of these floats all the way till the final product, the, the piece that is in the parade that everybody sees? What is that entire process like? Um, okay. So for example, we might like we might have gone down uh, in in talking uh, with Current Studio, and we might have seen something like, say, uh, the big bullhead that we have on the front of our tourist float, you know. And you go, mm-hmm. wait a minute, to see a see something else somewhere that has got like maybe a Greek undertone, and your brain starts trying to put pieces together, uh, and these sort of things are are are, are sort of the the creative beginning that gets the ball rolling and you start looking at these pieces and, and it inspires you to sort of figure out, well, how do these all tie together? You know, and mythological creatures had just been done. So we didn't want to do uh, you know anything that was, that was uh, too close to that. And, and so instead of doing uh, something that would be Greek inspired, we then started pushing toward the idea of these constellations because then while that gives us uh, a much bigger uh, kind of variety to play from as far as the looks are concerned. And then also it gave, it was kind of fun to like, you, you go for your constellations and it was fun to go with things that, you know, like people are familiar with like Orion, right. Uh, mm-hmm. or, and Taurus, uh, obviously uh, because astrological sign, but they're familiar with that. Other right. uh, constellations that are kind of a chance to um, educate people, maybe Andromeda, maybe, uh, you know, Serpentarius, um, those kind of things, or Scorpius, they, they kind of give you the opportunity to then give people something that they aren't as familiar with, a little chance to, to, to learn something amongst all the fun, as it would be. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. So the costumes, there's, there's a set that goes along with every float, with every theme, and I'm guessing, and correct me if I'm wrong here, does the final design, or at least when you're 
getting close and leaning towards the final design of the float, does that influence the set of costumes for that float? Or are we talking two totally different processes here? No, they're definitely a they're hand in hand. Um, the floats start first as we start. And then once we've kind of developed our theme, like, for example, we knew we wanted to do the constellations. Then our costume designer, David Dalski, he then takes the overall concept and starts figuring out how he can bring that to life on the, you know, the cast, the parade performers that are going to be here in the parade and out in the streets. Um, so one of his ideas this year that that was pretty cool, he came up with this idea of creating, um, like, for example, in Orion, you've actually got a guy who is Orion on this, uh, you know, high up on his stilt, and he's dressed as, you know, the warrior Orion. But beyond just doing a literal representation, David wanted to create this group that he called the Celestials. Uh, and if you've been out, uh, you've seen like the ladies in the really tall, um, almost like Vegas headpieces that are silver and shimmering, those pieces. And those are our Celestials. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I've seen those. Yeah. And they're themed very, um, I think the word is subtly. They look like under the light, like a sparkling star. But if you get closer, you begin to realize like, oh, I see why this one is with, say, Serpentarius because of this thing on the headpiece that kind of alludes to like a snake or whatever. Um, and so he came up with this idea of creating these celestials that would be attached to each of the new floats. And they're sort of the, I don't know, the goddess of that, for, for lack of a better term, that travels along with them. When you said sparkling star, I, w- I wasn't sure if I was going to ask this question, but now I absolutely have to. Do you happen to know the raw tonnage weight of the delivery of glitter before the event this year? Oh, man. Because <laughs> I don't know if it, man, alive, I don't know if it's more or less. I, I just, maybe I just seem to notice it more this year. Actually, it's probably because I got high five by one performer and that glitter stayed on the palm of my hand for like the next eight hours. Good luck. I bet you find it again in like three months from now. <laughs> right. I, uh, like, I went home one night and, uh, I was like, why, why, why is there glitter on my baby's hair? How did that happen? Like, it, <laughs> wow. like, it's a lot of glitter, uh, and it's it, Yeah, it definitely sticks around with you. That that is for sure. So the parade that is something I could talk nearly endlessly about, but I don't want to gloss over these other things at the event. Let me get those in while we're still kind of in the first third of our time here. The highlight. This is what I've always loved about Mardi Gras. The highlights are all well represented. The parade. The music and concerts, the food and drink. You really could, if you wanted to. Now, obviously, the best way to go to Mardi Gras is experience all three together. But if you wanted to, just go one night to experience the food and drinks, you could. If you just wanted to go one night to experience the music, you could. If you just wanted to see the parade, you could do that as well. How do you balance these major highlights for an event like this and make sure that one doesn't completely overshadow all the others so that there is so much to do at this event. Um, well, I think, uh, you know, when you, that you, you put that in a good way because what that comes down to is either what that particular guest wants that night or what it is that they want. And so, you know, whenever we create stuff, you're, you're doing your best to put your, you know, yourself in, in the shoes of the guest. And so, doing your best to focus on each element. Um, again, as you said, there are some folks that want to do it all. Some people that don't want to do bits and pieces, but you make sure that every part, uh, you know, is at the same bar so that no matter what you experience, uh, you walk away with a, a full as Mardi Gras experience as it is that you want. Um, but I mean, that's a big part of it. Uh, obviously a lot of the year is spent 
Um, you can get lost in the weeds of the parade because you're spent so long sort of developing the parade, but then you've got to focus. Remember, like, okay, now we got to worry about um, these street sets and how we're going to do, uh, you know, work with our some of our New Orleans bands that play out on the streets and how can our cast interact with them and get our guests playing and, you know, putting on their own little mini Mardi Gras parades uh, before things happen. And then, of course, like, you want to make sure you know, we partner with our, uh, with our food and beverage folks to make sure that we've got some awesome uh, Cajun food out here. And so every everything, and I think this was kind of fun when we you know working in marquee events like i do is you know obviously we partner with so many people like the food for me the food having the good cajun food is as important as having this parade right everything uh, has got to be there uh and it gives it gives us an opportunity to like partner and challenge each other i know that they're going to bring their a game so we've got to bring our a game too when it comes to uh, providing the entertainment um so I mean I I think I think that's a big part of how we help balance the whole thing out. How much crosswork is going on between these departments for an event like this or are you just is it more of a thing that you just rely on each other to do what you do best? How how, how much uh, I can't put my finger on the word I'm looking for but how much of, of uh, are you crossing paths when you're putting this together? Um it's kind of what uh, happens throughout the year leading up to it is you have um kind of a meeting of the minds and and it's and in other words i'm going to say yes to everything you just said it's kind of a meeting of the minds <laughs> okay. and then everybody kind of spreads to their own world then it's back together for a meeting of the mind spread and, and then as we learn with everybody you know uh as we get to our final uh pieces that we've all kind of signed off on this is exactly what we're doing and that's kind of how we keep up with each other as as we're going along okay so I actually want to go back to the subject of the parade a little bit because I did write some notes as we were talking. So apologies for jumping back and forth like this. Uh, you're fine. But you had already mentioned that you're in plans for 2019 and 2020. What is the timeline from, I don't even know what, I, I guess the very first thing you need to do until that parade hits the street. How long of a process is this? Um, it can vary a little bit depending on how we're doing things. I came in partway through this process for this particular Mardi Gras. So I had missed uh, some of the beginning portions of this. And so I'm not quite actually sure when this one uh, actually started itself. But like I said, we just had a bunch of the team uh, come back um, going headlong. We are going headlong into 2019, but we've already started the process for 2020 as well. Um, so for us, the earlier the better obviously we do a lot of events throughout the year um and so sometimes it feels like uh i live my life seasonally uh, i don't not by months but like it's mardi gras now it's halloween now it's the holidays right, right. Um, you know uh but uh, the earlier the better because you know obviously we're still working on all those other projects as well at the same time um so i really appreciate uh, uh you know how, how how quick we start jumping on things it is amazing because these things are so such a huge event. They're so well done. They're so immersive. And any particular missed detail could possibly stand out like a sore thumb. That's why I'm always impressed at these events that so much time is taken to dot all the I's and cross all the T's so that doesn't happen. And it's just amazing that these huge events, these huge seasonal events are set up so fast. Again, so much attention to detail. And for me, they're always very exciting and always a lot of fun. Well, I appreciate that. If, if there's a, a negative side to that, it's that we, we do an event, we go, man, yes, nailed it. Oh, man, now we got to do even better. <laughs> so, yeah, got to yeah. top it again. So, let me ask you from a show director standpoint, the word Halloween has come up several times, and I know a lot of people know you from your work with Halloween Hard Nights. I've heard your interviews regarding the Scare Zones last year. 
What's the difference? And I'm I'm not even sure this is an apples to apples comparison. What's the difference? Here's a better way to ask it. What's it like show directing for a scare zone and show directing for a parade, which is at least from my perspective, having no knowledge, of course, seems like a completely different beast. Uh, oh, I, I mean, it is absolutely. Um, so, so the first things I worked here as a show director was Scare Zone, and then the first parade I did was Macy's uh, Holiday Parade in 2016. Um, um, oh wow! Okay. And uh, the, yes, the last one before we switched to our new uh, Universal Holiday Parade featuring Macy's. Uh, so uh, that was my first experience with the parade, which obviously was very different doing uh, the holidays uh, coming out of uh, Halloween, uh, and then then for Mardi Gras. Even though I had done um, a previous Macy's uh, holiday parade here at Universal, I didn't. Mardi Gras felt very different to me, uh, and I was, mm-hmm. to be honest, uh, I, I was a little intimidated when it was first handed to me because the guy who's been doing wow. J- Jason Horn ha- has been doing a great job, uh, and and Mardi Gras has been awesome. Um, What's really fun is I have uh, several of our parade parade performers have also worked with me out in the scare zones, and it was really cool to go from, you know, being spooky times to putting on a party. And and that's really I think that's the biggest mindset that you're you're kind of you're kind of shifting is, you know, this is a huge party. Uh, It's a different way of looking at things. Uh, For example, you know, at Halloween, if I've got this creature out on the street, that is that creature, right? Mardi Gras is a little different because if I've got a Mardi Gras performer dressed up as, say, Perseus, um, he is a parade performer dressed up as Perseus because that's what you see in Mardi Gras in New Orleans. They aren't playing a character. Does that make sense? I yeah yeah I follow you yeah yeah so that's a, that's a very different way of looking at things uh, than we normally do so all, all those kind of things were were a little intimidating and um, at first just because it's it's just very different it's not what I've known right? Um, right so it was a lot of fun to get in here and just really try to make a huge party out of this uh, for me one of the most important things we do here uh, at Universal is the is the the one-on-one interaction that occurs on the streets, which, which obviously it's a different kind of interaction, but I'm used to from doing the scare zones at Halloween, <laughs> but, <laughs> right. but that one-on-one interaction, interaction, bringing people along into the fun. I mean, that's my, that's like my favorite thing of it. So you lead with your strengths. So uh, for me, I really tried to put a lot of emphasis on what it was going to be like to, to hang out with the guests on the streets and pre-parade, uh, how to uh, you know get to work with our bands uh, and to get them to just you know grab kids and parents up and everybody's dancing around and I, I mean the you can go online there's so many great videos of the dance parties that yeah. they just the the cast spontaneously puts on with people yeah um, so. It, that's kind of the, the, the way I approached it. I said, this is something I know that, that you know, I, I have a strength that, so this will be, you know, my my little sprinkle of Blake onto this Mardi Gras. We'll be really trying to focus on that that interaction. And I think the, the kids in the parade, they're doing a fantastic job with it. That is a great point. It's one of those things that I, I've noticed, but now that we're talking about it, it's really standing out to me. Every performer in that parade looks like they are having a blast. There isn't anyone in the parade that looks like they're at work. Oh, yeah. The amount of, uh, of performers that have come to me and said that Mardi Gras is their favorite event to be in every year. They love it. Wow. That's that's great. All right. This is, is going to be kind of a dumb question, but I, I need to ask it to make sure my next set of questions are, are set up right. You've kind of said it. I'm assuming that more than once you've been out there with the crowd since the start of the event. Oh yes. All right. So, so for you personally, 
And you know, I can actually make this. We can make this a two a two part question. As a fan of Mardi Gras and as the show director of Mardi Gras, what are your favorite parts of the event this year? Um, I'm gonna tell you. Those dance parties that happen on the street are probably my favorite thing. What I love to watch is there'll be a couple of kid, little kids that just like want to jump in off the get go. And you'll watch the performers down the street try to get some of the guests to join. Some do and some are, no, no, I'm shy, I'm shy. And then you slowly watch them work on the crowd that's surrounding them. And, and as the minutes progress, all of a sudden, what was a handful of guests is now a tremendous amount of guests getting involved. There's conga lines. There's all this, you know, and everybody's laughing and playing and having a good time. For me, uh, for me as a show director, that's I mean, I think that is beyond my favorite thing uh, that I get to see at Mardi Gras. Obviously, mm-hmm. you love it all, but that sort of, that interaction with our guests, I love that. Um, as, a, as a fan of someone that, would, that, that, that used to come in and just see Mardi Gras, to me, it was always the, you know, the story of the, the floats, like looking um, at whatever the theme was going to be. Obviously, you know, I, not like I've got a book or a script in front of me as a guest that's telling me what it is. So taking it all in, the costumes, the designs, the float, and trying to understand what everything is and put those pieces together. Uh, I always enjoyed that as a fan of Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get that totally. This is, I want to preface this question with, I'm not looking for any secret information with this question I'm going to ask. Is there anything that you've done or put in the event that's, it's it's a subtle thing that doesn't stand out to people and uh, people might not notice, but without it, it would be almost a different experience. Is there anything like that that you're looking at and saying, I'm glad I put that in there uh, or else this might not have gone as well? You, you know what? Th- so this would apply to pr- just prior to the parade or, or the prior to parade. We went through okay. and the uh, the music you hear throughout the park uh, and has been here for 20 some years. We removed that entirely and we came up with a whole new two, two and a half hour uh, selection of music that plays as our BGM uh, throughout the park. And, and we picked songs that were uh, more fun. I don't know, put pep in your step. You'd hear them and it would just make you smile. Um, that was like a big focus of ours that again, you know, you don't, I don't know if people will actually notice that, you know, if they've come last year and walk into this year. Uh, but I think, I think that helps, uh, you know, lift the atmosphere into a more of a party vibe before you ever get to the actual parade itself. Um, so for me, that'd be the, that'd be the big one that, you know, we made a, a really big change for us. It might not be a huge change, uh, that, someone normally might notice but i think i think your brain does i think you feel it more than uh, you might realize that yeah, is amazing because, because i, no idea, I did not this. notice that directly and i've been going to this event for years. i didn't notice like but the better part of 20 uh, years that, and it, that is exactly the kind of thing i was, I was, the exact kind of thing I was that's asking really about cool. that's, that's, that's again, amazing again, again another one of those details for these huge parkwide events that you guys spend the time considering and putting thought into and getting done that's that's really cool i'm really glad i asked that question well and it was a fun day in the studio for hours just going through all this uh, Mardi Gras themed music, Zydeco, what have you, uh, trying yeah. to <laughs> trying to pick the most fun stuff. It was it was a blast. That's cool. Okay, I'm gonna go back to the event questions now for you. That that question kind of threw me off a bit, but we talked about food and drink early on, and you gave the props to the food and beverage department for doing an outstanding job once again this year. What food and drinks stand out to you personally for this event this year? Um, I mean, it's really hard to not say the jambalaya. I just I love jambalaya. <laughs> 
period. <laughs> if, if I've got an option to get try jambalaya for the first time somewhere different than I've been to, I, I will always go for it. The jambalaya uh, is, is definitely a top priority for me. <laughs> nice. You know, I usually save this question for Halloween Horror Nights, but considering it is appropriate for this event, these, these items do exist at Mardi Gras, and it is your first time on one of our shows. What is is your preferred flavor of twisted taters if you have one <laughs> see i'm gonna be as, as much as i uh love to cook and go nuts with my flavors I, I just gotta say like some classic man i just want some like little salt little pepper life is good hey no nothing wrong with that that's how i start off each season so i'm not gonna argue with that at least you had an answer and I'd like to mention this every opportunity as well. Mike Aiello had never tried them, at least at the time that I asked him that question. So you can remind him of that next time you run into him. I'm totally going to ask him that next time I see him now. <laughs> All, right. All right. We're coming in the final minutes here. I just have a few questions. Mainly, is there anything? first off, is there anything uh, that, uh, that you wanted to mention that you want people to know about Mardi Gras that we haven't covered yet? Um. Just get ready to come out and party. Um, I, I I think, and you see it happen once the parade kicks off. People line up and they go, oh, it's a parade. And while there might be a lot of folks who are excited because uh, they maybe come from Mardi Gras, I think we also have a lot of guests that come in that hadn't, you know, didn't know this would be happening. And they get caught up in, in uh, this whole atmosphere. And I absolutely love the fact that as soon as those floats hit, and this might be another one little favorite thing, that the guests that we have that ride our floats, I should say, are the other element that also make the parade feel different each year the energy of our guests that uh, are riding floats and throwing those beads out uh, to our guests along the way and how excited people <laughs> get to catch those beads it's and to throw them if they're up on the floats it, that i love that. that's awesome that's okay you led right into my final question it's a silly one i go through this every year you must as well how long are you finding beads from your office to your home after the event is over so for me, we're going to loop this back around to earlier. It is okay. not beads. It is <laughs> it is glitter because yeah, we fair. do our big cast meeting um, right uh, before all the glitter is applied for the parade. So I'm always out there checking in with the cast, talking to them. And uh, I, even though I may stay far away from where the glitter is being applied, somehow it still gets all over you, and I keep finding it in my car, even though I vacuumed everything. It's all about the glitter, uh, at least on this side of things. Yeah, just uh, I have a hat, just a hammer at home for for me as well. Did I have a hat for the one the one time I was on a float this year that got glitter on it, and now it just seems to be spreading everywhere in my life. So I can't imagine. But it's like being in the thick of it. You're, you're going to be dealing with that until until you retire. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll still be flicking glitter off during Halloween this year, no doubt. <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. That actually takes us the time, and it actually went through all my questions. I can't believe how fast this went, Blake. It has been an absolute blast finally talking to you. This was fun, man. I really enjoyed it. Cool. Well, let me just say here as we wrap up that Mardi Gras is going on right now. It's still going on. Every night from now until April 7th, there's still four big... We haven't talked much about the concerts. There's still four big headlining concerts still to come. We got Foreigner on Saturday, March 17th, Fifth Harmony on Sunday, March 18th, Jesse J on Saturday, March 24th, and Bush on Sunday, March 25th. For more information on those concerts and, of course, ticket information, check out Universal Orlando's website at universalorlando.com. And, of course, the link will be in the show notes. 
Blake, I want to thank you again. I had a great time talking to you, man. Same here. Thank you for having me on. Sure, anytime. So thanks again and have a great Mardi Gras. Hey, let the good times roll, man. Thank you for listening to this special episode. We have more coverage on Mardi Gras 2018 at Universal Studios Orlando Resort coming soon. In just about another week or so, we're going to cover what we did, including the time we spent on the floats, when we checked out the food and drinks, and of course, a few more stories to go along with all that. For more of our coverage of these events from Universal Studios, check us out at neozaz.com or search Neozaz on iTunes and just about every other podcast provider online. Also, check out our social media pages. We are Neozaz Podcasts on Facebook and Neozaz on Twitter and Instagram. I am Matt. Let me say one more time, thank you for listening, and I'll see you in that next episode. Bye.